Welcome to Your Purpose Toolkit. This is a self-paced course that guides you through the purpose development process and provides you tools and resources to support you on your own purpose journey. This is a toolkit you can continuously come back to as you embark on new chapters of your life. Get out your notebooks, your worksheets, and get ready to dive in. We are diving a little bit more into action-oriented things today. We are on to pillar number two, building new foundations. And in this episode, we're going to talk a bit about the hierarchy of solutions and setting boundaries. And you might think, what do boundaries have to do with purpose development? But we only have so much energy, so much that we can give every day to certain things. There is a limited amount of what we have to give. And so setting boundaries is going to be really important when we're making sustainable changes in our lives, when we are embarking on new paths, there can be resistance to those paths from other people. And so setting really clear boundaries is going to be really important. And I know that was not an area of expertise for myself. It's something I still find challenging to do. And so we're going to talk about setting boundaries and what that looks like and how to do that in a healthy and a firm but kind way. But first we're going to talk about the hierarchy of solutions. So most people have heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, where you have physiological needs at the bottom, then safety, then love and belonging, then esteem, and then self-actualization at the very top. And one of the things that I've witnessed as I have been coaching people is that sometimes uh, we need to flip that in order to find some solutions for ourselves. Let me start off by saying first that it is really challenging to do this purpose development work, do this identity work when we don't have our basic needs met. So before we flip it upside down, I just want to recognize the fact that if you are struggling with trying to feed yourself, with having a roof over your head, of feeling safe, of feeling loved, those are things that can be really challenging to be able to focus on anything other than those things because there are basic needs in order to survive. And so when we are in survival, it shuts down other parts of our brain. We can't focus on these self-actualizing pieces of our lives. Now, with that being said, this reflection can also sometimes offer us new pathways to fulfilling those basic needs that maybe we hadn't considered as well. So thinking about this, starting from the top, flipping it upside down, self-actualization, understanding your potential and gifts leads to confidence in your own abilities and what you uniquely have to offer the world, which is part of that esteem piece. Moving down into love and belonging, from this understanding and confidence, you know which relationships are healthy and which are keeping you stuck, which is going to help you within that love and belonging piece. 
moving down to safety with healthier relationships and understanding of your gifts and confidence in yourself, you can create new solutions to any concerns you have regarding safety, which can then result in new ways to work and create money, new ways of living, which result in more resources for your physiological needs of food, water, warmth, and rest. Now, flipping the hierarchy of needs upside down is not a new thing. Maslow's hierarchy of needs was actually informed by the Blackfoot Nation. And so the Western perspective is starting at the bottom, physiological needs, safety, belonging, esteem, you know, going up to self-actualization. And the Blackfoot Nation, the First Nations, they had a different understanding of this hierarchy. So at the bottom was actually self-actualization leading up to community actualization and then to cultural perpetuity. I'm citing this from a presentation by Cindy Blackstock, a member of the Gitzkan First Nation and University of Alberta professor. And what she shared was that the Blackfoot model is the inverse of Maslow's. So self-actualization is at the bottom. And the thought process behind this is that we arrive on Earth self-actualized with a divine purpose already within us. And then it moves to belonging. Once we are born, the tribe is there to love and care for us. And then it moves to basic needs and safety. Our tribe or community is how we are fed, housed, clothed, and protected. Moving to four, community actualization. By tending to our basic needs and safety, we're able to manifest our divine purpose and seek out education that supports the expression of our gifts. The goal is for each member of the tribe to both have their basic needs met and manifest their purpose. And that all results in cultural perpetuity, which is passing on knowledge of how to achieve community actualization so it does not disappear when members pass on, which ensures the way of life continues or cultural perpetuity. Now, we can learn from each of these models. We're currently living in a very individual-oriented society, whereas the Blackfoot and First Nation cultures have been community-oriented. But we can shift that by seeing it as our duty to develop our own gifts and purpose so that we may help our larger community. But it is helpful to note that in order to do this work, we oftentimes need to make sure that our basic needs are taken care of. And so this is where I suggest things like having a bridge job. You don't have to up and quit your day job in order to pursue a more purposeful path. You can have a job that is taking care of your basic needs, making sure that you are not stressed over your ability to have safety and to have your physiological needs met. You can also pursue a career that or pursue a job as a bridge job that is going to provide you with new skills to move you in the direction of the path that you want to move in. There are ways to make sure that you're taken care of while you're doing this work. I do not suggest just up and quitting because that puts so much stress on your nervous system and your ability to function and to do this work. And, and this work is done best when you feel a sense of safety. So, these all relate to one another.
Now, another essential piece of starting to build this new foundation is setting boundaries. And boundaries are what are you saying yes and what are you saying no to? Does it feel good to say yes or no to these things? And so creating a toolkit of being able to set those boundaries because so many of us, in order, again, to feel that sense of safety, we may not have felt like we could set those boundaries, that setting those boundaries would put something that we value in jeopardy. And so this is about building this muscle of being able to set boundaries because it is a practice. It's not something that we are just automatically good at overnight. Trust me, I am still learning how to set boundaries. So I'm going to provide a framework and some questions to assist you in setting these boundaries. So personal boundaries are the rules and limits you set within relationships. They tell you what's okay and what's not okay in a relationship and that can be a love relationship, it can be a friend relationship, it can be a parent relationship, a sibling relationship, a colleague, a boss, really a any relationship you can have, there's got to be rules and uh, clarification on what's okay and what's not okay. And so one thing that I would suggest that you do is think about two people in your life and describe the boundaries you have with each one. How are they similar and how are they different? And so this will help to just kind of clarify how does this look differently throughout the different areas of my life. Now, we're going to go back to values. <laughs> values are the things that are most important to you. Ideally, your boundaries will reflect your values. So, for example, if you value family time, you might set really strict boundaries at work. So what are your most important values and how do your boundaries reflect these values? You've already done the values work, so how do your boundaries currently reflect the values that you've stated in the previous section. In your opinion, what are the signs of a healthy relationship? And lay it out for like colleagues and bosses and friends and your love loved ones. Like what what does a healthy relationship look like? What are signs of that in each of those scenarios? And what sort of boundaries might you see in a healthy relationship? This is where some of the modeling comes in. People who are influential in your life act as models for boundary setting, whether their boundaries are healthy or unhealthy. And so think of someone who has helped shape who you are, whether that's a parent, an aunt, an uncle, a foster family, a grandparent, friends, who has shaped, helped shape who you are, teachers. What has the person taught you about boundaries, whether intentionally or unintentionally. When someone has rigid boundaries, they're reluctant to ask others for help, protective of personal information, and avoidant of close relationships. What do you think are the pros and cons of rigid boundaries? And describe an area of life where you've had rigid boundaries. And on the flip side of that, when someone has porous boundaries, they overshare personal information, have difficulty saying no, and are overly concerned with the opinions of others. What do you think are pros and cons of porous boundaries? Describe an area of life where you've had very porous boundaries. 
And one last question. In some relationships, healthy boundaries seem to form really naturally and easily. In other relationships, however, setting healthy boundaries is difficult. So what challenges have you faced when trying to set healthy boundaries and how did you overcome them? Or how could you overcome them? So take some time to reflect on those things, reflect on those questions and the answers. And these are some suggestions on setting boundaries. So like I mentioned, boundaries should be based on your values or the things that are most important to you. And so your boundaries are yours and yours alone. Many of your boundaries might align with those who are close to you, but others will be unique. And so knowing your boundaries before entering a situation will make it less likely that you'll do something that you're not comfortable with. And that could be something as simple as saying yes to an event on a day where you are already book solid and all you want to do is go home and watch Netflix and rest. And remember, you always have the right to say no. When doing so, it's important to express yourself clearly and without ambiguity so there's no doubt about what you want. And trust me, that is not something I have had come easily. <laughs> I have definitely struggled with that because I don't want to hurt people's feelings or I don't want them to think that I, I don't want to be invited at another time. And so these are some examples of things that you can say to support you with setting those boundaries. Things like, I'm not comfortable with this. I can't do that for you. This is not acceptable. Please don't do that. This doesn't work for me. I'm drawing the line at blank not at this time. I've decided not to. I don't want to do that. And you can say, I can't do that today, but I would like to do that in the future. So let's set a different date and time to be able to do that. You can put it so that it's in your control of being able to set a time to be able to do that thing. And if you don't want to do it, you can just say, I don't want to do that. And that is perfectly okay for you to just say no. And please note that I am not saying this in like the sketchy situation type of boundaries. Like there are situations where you are not safe and things need to be done to in order to stay safe and not be in bodily harm. And so I am not talking about those situations. I'm just talking about, you know, sometimes we're asked to do things and it fills up our day-to-day -day schedules and we can't focus on the things that we actually want to get done or that are moving us in the path that we want to go down. And so that is where I'm talking about setting boundaries. And other aspects of that are what what to do? How do you hold yourself? Using confident body language, facing the other person, making eye contact, using a steady tone of voice at an appropriate volume, not too quiet, not too loud. Planning ahead. I know I always think about when I like stare in a mirror or I'm like in the shower saying what I want to say to the other person, but thinking about what you want to say and how you'll say it before entering a difficult conversation, even writing it out, write it down. I have had meetings where I've had to go in to talk to a boss about a difficult topic and I've written myself notes or written down things and I've said to them, I wrote myself notes because I want to make sure that I portray this in the best possible way and that I articulate it in the best possible way because I know that when I'm in a situation where I'm uncomfortable or I'm nervous, I don't 
speak my best and I don't clarify my best. So I've written my I've written notes. So it's okay to do that. This can help you feel more confident about your position and about what you want to say. Be respectful. Avoid yelling, using put-downs, or giving the silent treatment. It's okay to be firm, but your message will be better received if you're respectful. And compromising. Compromising when appropriate. Listen and consider the needs of the other person. You never have to compromise, but give and take is part of any healthy relationship, so that's important as well. And this all might seem very simple, but so many of us have never had permission to set those boundaries. Let this be that permission slip to say to somebody, hey, I'm not pursuing that path at this time. I would like to pursue this path in this direction. I'm exploring what I would like to be doing with my life moving forward that feels meaningful and fulfilling to me. And I know that you mean well and you you mean to do the best and provide advice for me, but right now I'm not asking for that. So this is your permission slip to set those boundaries and to feel confident in them moving forward. That's all for today. We will talk about moving through stressful situations tomorrow and how to utilize Byron Katie's The Work in order to help move through some of that. So tune back in then and be sure to start working on the Building New Foundations workbook that will coincide with the work that we are doing in these episodes. And have a lovely rest of your day. I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.